Welcome to the Untitled Investment Talk, the podcast about all things digital assets. Welcome. Today is Friday, May 19th, 2023. My name is Carl Michael Henneking and I'm hosting this show today. I've invited two guests to talk about latest developments in the realm of digital asset exchanges. In particular, about innovation in the field of centralized crypto exchanges, so-called CAXs. Most listeners will now think of Coinbase, Binance and the likes. But today, I would like to learn more about how niche players in the CAX segment can differentiate and grow. My guests are Christian Niedermüller, CEO of the European Digital Asset Exchange Blocktrade, and Zviko Dukanovic, the head of growth and strategy of Blocktrade. Welcome, Christian. Welcome, Sviko. Hey, my pleasure. Our pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Cool. Before we start our conversation, the usual disclaimer, the content of this podcast show is by no means investment advice or any other kind of advice. These are all subjective personal opinions of the three of us. So, dear listeners, for your personal investments, please do your own research. But now let's dive into the conversation. So, Christian, Blocktrade is a centralized digital asset exchange. I think founded in, in 2018, and you took the reins as CEO in February last year. Can you give our listeners a very brief overview of what Block Trade is currently offering, where you're operating, and, and how you are funded? Yes, sure. That's my pleasure. So yeah, I took over 15 months ago, almost exactly. Block Trade is headquartered in Luxembourg and in Tallinn, Estonia, where in, whereas in Tallinn we have most of our staff. We are registered as, as virtual asset service providers in Estonia, Slovenia, and Italy. We have around 120 countries covered, but are mainly operating in the European Union. And Blocktrade is a centralized exchange, as you said. We are covering almost all the products other centralized exchanges have as well. But yeah, we are pivoting towards gamification and gaming, but I think we will cover this a little bit later. From a funding perspective, we received 22 million of investment in 2021 through an equity crowdfunding campaign, which was very successful. And this year we are not funding, we're selling our own token, the BTX token, and we're currently standing at the beginning of the third, third sales phase at 5 million. And Spiko, what brought you to Blocktrade? Essentially, it's vision to not remain a plain vanilla exchange, but rather to be very ambitious and position itself at the intersection of blockchain gaming, digital assets trading, and web-free communities. And I'm sure we're going to go deeper onto each of those aspects later today. Definitely. I mean, as head of growth and strategy, what do you think were the most critical developments in the centralized exchange market in the last 12 months, in your opinion? And where do you see the CAX market heading in the next two years? So what comes to mind about the last 12 months is for sure the collapse of FTX and others in the space, which unfortunately sustainably not just harmed centralized exchanges and its rep reputation, but especially the entire industry. The second thing is a substantial shift in trading volume from centralized exchanges to decentralized players. And the third point would be an increased regulatory scrutiny, especially that we can see in the United States, but also across the world. Since you're referencing to this increased, let's say, regulatory scrutiny, 
especially in the US, the SEC, so the Security Exchange Regulator, they sent a Wells notice to Coinbase complaining that they were kind of listing securities and not tokens. They are attacking Binance US heavily. They made Paxos stop issuing BUSD coin, the BUSD coin of Binance. And this is only the peak of the iceberg. Christian, what's your view on this regulatory development? So I think the the stance in the US in general is a bit like confusing for a lot of players. So they are facing really a lot of uncertainty and are lacking clarity. That's why also a lot of the players actually in the light of Mika are looking actually at Europe to relocate their headquarters and, and build up their business over here, which is very interesting. I mean, in Europe, we gladly now have Mika coming in the next 12 to 18 months, which definitely brings more clarity and certainty. Not yet sure to which extent and how in which fashion exactly, yeah, but at least much, much clearer rules and as well that's very important for us especially a harmonization across across the continent and that will definitely help players like us to thrive more and have more certainty when it comes to topics like marketing languages and so on and so forth so and and uniform requirements so i think it's a there for one of the first times ever europe takes an innovative approach. But yeah, I mean, like it, it comes not by surprise that it's a it's a innovative re- approach in the regulatory landscape. That's where we are always good in Europe, yeah? Regulating things. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, if we talk to US players and I did this quite frequently the last couple of months, these guys really say, don't open a crypto business in the US, but rather come to Europe And normally, I think, especially Silicon Valley or other guys, what they normally don't like is regulation. And they always kind of yeah have a smile when they look at European market, but has completely changed for the digital asset space. And I think there are also kind of 4,000 crypto companies already operating in, in Europe. And we see increased investments, especially also from the US into startups in the European field. So I think that's one of the very few instances where a regulation, a new and innovative regulation seems to play out positively for Europe, which is, again, not happening all the time. But would you go so far to say that the Mika, so market and crypto regulation, you can call this a safe haven? No, I wouldn't go so far. It is a safe haven. Too many things are not yet clarified how it exactly will pan out, but it's definitely a very good first step. Yeah, So it brings much more clarity. And that's exactly what, for example, companies, as you mentioned, in the US or in other areas of the world are missing. That's very important from an investment investor point of view. Yeah, So I, that's also why in US investors and Asian investors are looking at Europe now, at European startups and say, okay, if I invest one of these startups in the crypto sphere, they at least know where they are from a, a regulatory point of view. And even for us, it's more of a safe haven in terms of what that we know what to do. It's still a burden, you know, like, I mean, for us, it's much more reporting. It's many more tools, more employees, more costs, which... Uh, comes with more certainty, but which also yeah, is, is, is an additional burden. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. Sviko, you mentioned with regards to the most important developments in the 
let's say, CACs or digital exchange market, the collapse, collapse of FTX, Terra Luna, ETC. I mean, all this kind of helped decentralized exchanges to gain popularity, right? So Uniswap over to Coinbase, I think in April, in terms of trading volume with 1.5 trillion US dollars. Do you see this as a temporary event or do you expect a shift in market share between centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges in the future? So with a significant shift, I mean, currently it's right, 15% share of trading volume. Will this go up to 20 or 30%? What's, what's your view on that? So it's very difficult to predict the, the market share split between centralized and decentralized exchanges. But I have, a, I have an opinion about the factors that will drive the outcome. Number one, I think whoever gets usability right the best will win users ultimately, and especially retail. That's especially true for retail investors. They will not so much care about whether it's a centralized or decentralized exchange. They will go to the platforms which offer them the highest convenience and the easiest user experience. So that's number one. Number two, what users also will want in terms of fiat on and off ramps, they will want secure, fast, and cost-efficient options to deposit and withdraw funds. And whichever segment, centralized or decentralized, gets this first and, and best will win the users. And the last point would be regulatory scrutiny and transparency, but on a, on a user level. So I still believe that a big segment of the user market will, will value things like staying anonymous and, and making transactions that are, that are not visible immediately, which basically also speaks more to decentralized exchanges and centralized players. Because as we, as we just discussed a moment ago, centralized exchanges will undergo much more scrutiny when it comes to regulation. And this includes increased transparency about transactions and users and everything, you know your customer and KYC related. So you think there will a significant, maybe even dominant market share remain with Texas most likely? Okay. Then Christian, then let's dive a little bit into the centralized exchange market and talk a little bit more about block trade. Block trade is a smaller player in the market, a niche player in the market. How can you compete with the big blue chip companies like Coinbase and Binance? What's your unique selling proposition? Yeah, that's exactly what we asked ourselves around 10 months ago when we started to develop this strategy pivot we, we made over the last few months. So we, we don't really compete with the big players directly since it's a very crowded market and it's more like a commoditized market with a race to the bottom dynamics. And, and that's not really something where you can win a lot, especially if you can't compete from a volume and liquidity perspective and also with a feature perspective. So that's why we really like positioned and are positioning Blocktrade as an integrated platform for a gamified user experience that includes several value propositions we will offer our users not only Blocktrade as a trading platform, but also as an access point to games, communities, and as well education. And we will also enrich the, this entire experience with a lot of benefits that go beyond our platform. So that's the gamification and game integration gaming approach we have chosen. And therefore, we are, we are not just betting on crypto, we are betting on two exponentially growing markets, namely crypto and gaming, gamification. So that's our approach and that's how we are defining our USP nowadays. And I think we got very, very good feedback on that from our current users, but also from partners who joined our, our token round. So we will definitely partner up with a lot of 
companies in this respect. And I think it's a very interesting, unique selling proposition. Yeah. Okay, then let's dive a little bit deeper into this. Swiko, can you elaborate a little bit on this NFT and gamification approach? I think it's called Blockderate 3.0, if I'm correctly informed. Yes, that's correct. So what we have at the core of Blocktrade 3.0 is basically gamification, game integration, and our own token. And we are essentially trying to, to tackle the same three barriers that have been existing for quite a long time when it comes to especially retail adoption at the crypto market. The first barrier is typically exchanges and other platforms in the crypto space have a very difficult user experience and user interface. So it's notoriously difficult to onboard into into crypto if you're not a crypto native or have some kind of tech-savvy background. The second barrier is that the average user has low market knowledge and low access to high-quality education to inform themselves about you know, the crypto market before making an investment decision. And, and the third point, and that's actually the most important one from our experience, is, is the lack of fun. So every time uh, I log into a blue-chip exchange, I get really overwhelmed. Even if, as a crypto native player, it, it's super difficult to, to navigate uh, those platforms if you're not a pro trader. And we're basically trying to tackle all of those three issues with gamification, where we take the concept, which is very well established in, in other industries, which basically means you take in-game mechanics like leaderboards, competitions, experience points, levels, rewards, and apply them to the user journey on a crypto exchange, which is in our case, block trade, with the goal of essentially making crypto trading as easy and as enjoyable as playing a game, while also you know, maintaining the seriousness because it's still about real money. It's still about financial well-being of users. And this is why education is also one of the core pillars in the overall strategy platform. So what we try to do is to be appealing to especially a crowd that is not in crypto yet or, or is in crypto but is not very satisfied with the current offering to drive the adoption through a very easy and enjoyable and playful way. And this is live already, correct? Yes, so we have the goal life of the, the gamification platform itself was a couple of days ago and can already be experienced on the platform. But we're planning to, to build on top of it. It's just the first version. It's the minimum viable product that we wanted to get into the market quickly. But it's just a start. We have much more planned and much more in the pipeline when it comes to enriching the user experience and also opening up Blockchain to the ecosystem and not just like offering users utility that it's on, on our platform itself, but also providing them access to utility from our partner network. Okay, if you talk about partner network and you say in the future there's a lot of other stuff coming, are you planning to kind of partner with Metaverse players, with DeFi players, or are you thinking about issuing completely new assets, whatever, tokenized commodities, precious metals, real estate and the like, or where is the journey heading? So when we speak about block trade 3.0 and we speak about gamification specifically, this refers to everything that happens on our platform itself. So once the user has decided to join block trade, it's basically the, the way that he experiences everything that he does on, on the block trade platform. The second pillar of the block trade 3.0 strategy is what we call game integration. And when we say game integration, we refer to partnering, especially with mobile game publishers and offering them a, a suite of B2B products that will help them not just promote their games and tokens on our exchange to our communities, 
but also to help them integrate our own token, BTX, to enjoy or to offer their gamers certain utilities and benefits that they couldn't get access to if they wouldn't partner with us as a exchange player in the market. So that's on the B2B side and the value proposition for the game publishers themselves. On the other side, however, this will also help us create something like a gaming arcade on top of the block trade exchange platform, which basically will help gamers primarily to learn about new games, connect to like-minded communities of gamers, and enjoy additional benefits that they couldn't get anywhere else, obviously enabled by blockchain technologies and especially enabled by our own exchange token, BTX. And putting all of this together, we're essentially trying to create what we call a, a gamified universe, which is a metaverse, if you will, based on crypto investing, gaming, and web-free community experiences. I mean, that sounds like a, a big and compelling plan. And Christian, you are currently raising money via a token sale, the BTX Block Trade Exchange token sale. I think you started in February. Yeah. I'm correct. Yeah. It's a three-phased or three-stage process. Can you tell us a little bit about what are the timelines, who can participate, and, and how the sales process is going? Yeah, sure. I mean, first things first, maybe. Like the token, the BTX token, very much stands exactly at the center of what Suico just described. So it's like it's all like other exchange tokens like BNB, Best, Crow, and so it very much is at the center of, of our platform. So it's the fuel of Blocktrade. But, and that's really special, I think, it's going to serve as an in-game currency on our platform, on the games we're impl implementing. And it's also supposed to serve as an in-game currency, as a payment token, and so on and so forth outside of Blocktrade. I think that's very special. And with the outline strategy and the partnerships, this can be a very compelling approach Uh, from a token utility perspective. From a sales perspective, I mean, we did a, a crowdfunding earlier in 2021. So we have a very loyal, more than 5,000 people shareholder base. So they, and some of the big ones together with, with some partners in the gaming industry, sold out our pre-sale within two days. So this was sold out like in February in two days. Then we had the exclusive sale until yesterday, actually. We're together with the pre-sale, we reached our goal and are now about more than 4.5 million in this combined two sales phases. And actually today okay. on the 19th of May at 10 a.m., we started the, the public sale, which is open to everyone and is still at a 25% discount to the anticipated trading price and that goes for three weeks. So until the 9th of, of June, everyone who's a Blocktrade user can now buy on Blocktrade for 15 cents. We think that's a very interesting offer and what we have all planned with the token and from a partnership perspective and from an integration perspective. Yeah, and we're, we're very happy to, to have some of maybe of the listeners joining the round if they want to feel free. But as you said at the beginning, Carl Michael, do your own research. Yes, exactly. No, no investment advice. But what our listeners might like to know is, You had an equity round, now you have a token sale round, and maybe you have further rounds, token sale or equity rounds later on. Can you explain what the benefits are for the investors investing in equity versus investing in a token? And can this be the same guys, or are you targeting a completely different audience with an equity round versus a token sale round? Yeah, so very good question. Like, like 
they can be the same, but they're not necessarily the same. Yeah, for sure, our equity holders, more than 5,000 of them, they are very much interested to trade on the platform, to move on the platform, to actually also, they many of them witnessed also the benefits of our new gamification engine. And there the token plays a very vital role. So many of them also bought into the exclusive sale now and into the, will buy into the public sale uh, to benefit from, from the whole gamification uh, exercise yeah but in general i mean as you know the equity has for sure other benefits when it comes to value appreciation of the company and potential dividends um yeah and the token has has the component if the, that the demand is rising when our community on the platform but also in our in our case outside of our platform is growing a lot then the demand can also grow a lot for the token and these are the two different main topics for us, we have planned a, a second equity crowdfunding campaign through an European growth prospectus again, either this November or 2024 in, in around February. That really depends a bit on our financial audits and on the regulator approving the, the prospectus. So this is like, this is where we're going. But I think it's a very interesting approach. You know, we are the exchange worldwide, the second largest shareholder base after Swissborg. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. We will be, and we announced this two weeks ago, we will be the first crypto exchange, which is tokenizing the entire shareholder base. So we have partnered up with Tokeny, as well as a Luxembourg-based company, to tokenize our whole entire shareholder base. And we will also implement features of this tokenization on our platform, where you then can buy and sell your, your shares on our platform bilaterally. So we have a very decentralized ownership structure and a very interesting platform token as well. And, and I think combined is a, a very unique setup from a centralized exchange perspective. Yeah, maybe even more decentralized than some of the DEX players, right, mm -hmm. on the market. That, that's really good to hear. And it, it's really great also to hear that in, I think, a not so easy environment that you're able to raise money and that people are really convinced of your block trade 3.0 strategy. That's very much the yeah. community approach, you know, and that's I think that's why I think we are we are very much involving the community. That's a big big part of this success. Yeah, yeah. And I saw you flying around the world and yeah. being present in person. I think that's also also a big plus. And mm. I think the numbers somehow tell that people trust you and your team, which I think it's it's a great compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we end the podcast, we normally have what we call our golden question. It's more about a topic where our guests can have either a very controversial opinion or the topic is controversial itself, or we talk about the very latest developments in the digital asset market. I think here the question is combined and it's about, I mean, there's a lot of talk now about new fungible and non-fungible tokens on the Bitcoin network, right? About ordinals. BRC20 tokens and there were a lot of complaints about the respective network congestion and the hype has already gone to DRC20 tokens now or doginals so last Tuesday there was even more than there were even more than 700k transactions on the Dogecoin network what's your view on that development is this a flash in the pen or are Bitcoin and Dogecoin kind of starting to compete with Ethereum? And I would like to have an answer from both of you, starting with Suiko. 
So it's a controversial question. So let me try mm -hmm. to give a controversial answer. One of the characteristics of the crypto industry is that many discussions are very ideologically driven. And I would count the one that you just brought up in that category, unfortunately. So what I strongly believe, just going back to first principles, I honestly think we should we should try to care more about the end user if we want to reach end user adoption and try to think less about infrastructure and technology questions and disputes, if you will, when it comes to things like you just mentioned about Bitcoin venturing into NFTs. I'm totally for it if it helps us you know, drive users into the industry that are not here yet. But it also takes away a lot of attention that we could, attention and resources that we could spend, I think, in somewhat more productive questions and initiatives. Oh, that's a clear answer. Christian, what's your, what's your view on that? So I'm with Vico on this answer. In addition to that, I think a little buzz is always good. And I mean, especially around the BSC20 topic, we see a lot of like, yeah, as you said, congestion in the, in the network, but it also will lead to innovation when it comes to sidechain development. It will, I think, increase the attention for the Lightning Network and other new plays in the Bitcoin environment. And I think this is very positive. So in addition to what Svico said, I think innovation also uh, with Bitcoin can be just good. Yeah. And maybe some of the early like innovation plays, like the ordinals stuff is a bit like disturbing, but that's often how early innovation plays are acting, but it definitely leads to more attention and more activity in terms of like working actually with Bitcoin. Yeah? And that's good for the entire industry, I think. So you see a positive spark in that. Christian Zwicko, that was really great talking to you, especially to learn about your views on the digital exchange market, gamification, your plans for block trade 3.0. I wish you both all the best with implementing your block trade 3.0 strategy and transforming the exchange. And obviously, I wish you all the best for keeping the momentum with your, with your fundraising. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was my pleasure, our pleasure to, to be with you again. Great, great to talk to you. Dear listeners, we hope you liked this talk. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Stay loyal to the Untitled Investment Talk, the podcast about all things digital assets. All signal, no noise. Mm -hmm.